So welcome to Loving Your Garden, the better gardening podcast for gardeners of all persuasions, from beginners to lifetime gardeners. And this week's episode comes from one of the most famous public gardens in the UK, Barnsdale Gardens in the small but perfectly formed county of Rutland and created by TV gardening personality Jeff Hamilton. Following Jeff's untimely death in 1996, it was taken on by his son Nick. Well, let's hear from Nick first of all before my podcast partner Richard Chuck and I go on a brief walk through the many gardens that make up the estate. Uh, You'll hear Nick pop up from time to time as we cover areas of particular interest. And can I also welcome new members and followers to the podcast? Don't forget to check out our host Facebook group, Loving Your Garden, where you'll come across a host of friendly, inspiring gardeners, all happy to share their advice and show off they're beautiful gardens. Anyway, let's hear from Nick Hamilton. Well, it's actually only over just over eight acres, really. It's a strange setup in a way, in that you know that, that we we have uh, what in effect are lots of little television sets, uh, but but all laid out within a, a garden area. You bear in mind that that certainly um, you know the, the top half of the garden was my dad's own back garden. And he wanted it to feel like that. He didn't want it to feel like lots of television sets. So it's, it's laid out with, with uh, intertwining borders and borders around gardens or whatever. So when you wander around, it still feels like you're in a garden, but then you come across all these little beauties sat in between, you know, in, in amongst it all. Right, Nick, we've stopped at a, a sort of low-growing uh, area. What, what's going on here? Well, it's just starting to come into its own now. It's a little um, alpine feature, really. But you'll notice, Rod, that there's, there's quite a number of, of rocks through it that look very rock-like, uh, which was the idea of them. They're actually fake rocks. They're not real rocks. And, and most people don't know that until they read the information board that tells them that. Uh, th- these are my dad's, I was going to say famous, but they're more likely to be infamous, actually, coir rocks. Uh, that he made. I came in and one day to find him making these things and, and they're, they're such a fantastic thing. I thought he'd gone completely barking mad when he was doing them, but but two days later when, when they were set hard and they were finished and and, uh, and, he, and he had them ready to go into this feature, they, they look fantastic. And like I say, most people don't don't know that they're fake at all and that's the point of them. But the, the whole point with them is that you make them yourself. They're basically made of a, a coir, coconut fibre, fresh cement and sand sharp sand mix and that's it uh, it's a simple thing to do um, and great and but the most important thing and the reason that he developed them was because he was aware that uh, such a vast quantity of limestone was being harvested from these critical limestone pavements uh, that are a habitat for very rare and endangered species of plants and also wildlife animals as well use it as a habitat and they were being ripped out at such a Something I notice here, I mean, you've got this lovely, gently meandering stream. It's just a very natural sort of water feature. But then you've got this, uh, this sculpture right in the middle of it. it. It looks a bit like the, Atom- the, the, the Atomium from Brussels. It's that sort of shape. Yeah. And, and it's a great example of using structures to, to bring a, an area to life. Yes, absolutely. It's actually a short-term thing that, that we've... Um we've got in the gardens at the moment in that we've for the for uh, this month and for most of of may um we've got uh, a sculpture uh, exhibition uh with sculptures different lots of different sculptures by lots of different sculptors uh, dotted around the garden uh, you're absolutely right in your thought because it's called atom 
uh, that sculpture. So it's a it's a lovely thing. But you're right, it does. It it, it just adds something different, and particularly at this time of year when. You know, there there can be certain areas, and certainly this one, the pond and stream, is a little bit flat at this time of year. But you come back in a in a month and a half, um, and the gunnera that sat at the front there will be enormous <laughs> by then, and the height and everything else in this garden. So it'll change completely. And the great thing about having the sculpture exhibition for um, a couple of months is the fact that you know people who come now will will see a complete difference when they come back in in two or three or four weeks uh, because plants will have grown up around these things and it's it's lovely to see it like that but you're right you know height is so important in a garden and actually behind it there's a lovely uh, bamboo uh, behind it which gives a nice bit of height and movement as well to this area uh, as well as a lovely tree so you know it's important to have those differentials in height so we're at the winter border and uh, at this time of year, there's still some interest there. Well, the, the the whole point with a garden is that there needs to be enough interest at every time of year. And I think if you if you have a, a good look round here, Rod, you'll you'll see that you know there there are things now starting to go over. The hellebores are still hanging on in there, <laughs> just about. Uh, the daffs are starting to go now in here. Uh, the snowdrops are well gone, um, but there's other things in flower. You know, we've got the viburnum tinus that's looking great just behind me, uh, and and some little dwarf iris baccarica um, down on the ground there. Heuchers are starting to put out their new foliage, and lots of other things now coming up and and having interest. Um, some dwarf daffodils is actually still looking good but the idea with the whole garden here is to have enough interest at all times of the year and this was an area that my dad developed with adrian bloom actually of, of blooms of bressingham um in the very early years of gardeners world as a winter border the point with the with the border is that it's not just about winter that's what we're focusing on but the gardeners of interest all through the year so there's there's enough interest to sustain this area at every time every day of, of every week of the year um, and that's the point of it is that it's value for money is what it is you know we don't just have something that looks great in the winter we have something that looks great in the winter but it also looks really good at all the other times of the year as well so as nick goes off for a cup of tea my podcast partner richard chuck and i make our own tour of the gardens well, there's certainly plenty to see, isn't there? I mean, uh, we've 38 gardens to choose from. Uh, we're just um, we're, we're mindful that we're going to have to whip round because we don't want the nursery closing on us. <laughs> no, That's one definitely. of the main reasons for coming today is that we're going to go away with some useful plants. But yeah. what you've got is these, in a, in a very small area, really, considering the size of the estate, you've got all these little gardens, 38 of them. And, I mean, obviously, it's spring, so we've got certain things that are doing very well at the moment all of the prunus are doing beautifully we've got some some lovely heather heather's looking good at the moment uh, but the ground cover plants are yet to come into their own yeah yeah lots of them at the moment I mean, you've got hellebores still out here and you've got euphorbia coming up yeah hellebores uh, look good yeah the euphorbias are looking good grissy eye which th- this one is uh, it's just so many different types of plants so uh, there's a plant for everybody isn't there Right, we just crossed over the, the bridge, of the, which will eventually be a stream when the, when the rain does return. We're going through this trained arch now of apple trees. I presume these are malus that we're passing on either side. Um, Looks like it. There's various different ones, yeah. yeah. These must have taken years to train these branches to arch over this, this metal archway. Beautiful. Yeah. Very Absolutely. effective. Looks really, really good. 
you've got a beer to appreciate it though, that's the, that's the thing. And until you come, you know, that's it. I mean, look at this pruner cerulea, look at the size of that, that is huge. This gives you an idea, but this will still fit into a relatively small garden. Uh, as, a, as a really ornamental tree with year-round interest in its bark, the mahogany bark. And then yeah. you've got all these prunus, look at them. What a stunning, stunning tree it is. I yeah. mean, it's just covered in white blossom. I mean, it's, what, 20, 20 feet, 25 feet? But it's, it's more than that across. Typical sort of Japanese, yeah. uh, with the branches going off in quite a, a long direction either side. But it's not particularly high, I would say 20 feet tops. Yeah definitely. It's uh, Shirote as well, it's a really good one, so if you're looking for a good one, look for Prunus Shirote, uh, which that one is, and it looks stunning. It's got a little bit of a scent to it as well, which I, I quite like. Little woodland path here, it's alright. Lots, lots of salix that's been cut right back. Oh, yeah, yeah there are. So I noticed that the salix fragilis now, um, I lived in the place where the salix fragilis I had, must have been 60 foot here. What are they? A foot, if that. People talk about, um, you know, or can we get a small ornamental tree or tree that, that just looks looks nice in a small garden? And this is a classic example. It's an Amelanche Lamarckii. I think this is the Lamarckii, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And it's covered in white blossom at the moment. It looks lovely, but, you know, that's, what, about 15 feet tall? It's, yeah. it's, it's not going to go massively higher than I think, that. I think that's it. I think that's its height. The, yeah. What they've done is turn it more into a small tree by clipping all the branches lower down, but you could have this equally as a shrub. If you'd have worked on it in its early days, it would be uh, it would be forming a shrub and have double the amount of what we're seeing at the minute, which is all this lovely uh, white flowers. Looking really good. And the other thing about it being so compact is, is that you you've always got something new to focus on. I mean, they, they say that's the secret of a good garden, don't they? Still? Yeah. But, but particularly here. Mm. I mean, you, when, when I first heard about Barnsdale and this estate with, you know, however many acres it's on, I thought, oh, gosh, it's going to take, you know, half a day just to get through half the garden. But it's all so compactly laid out, isn't it? You can yeah. get through this in an hour and a half, no problem at all. Loads of ground cover. Let's talk about the ground cover because, you know, we, we look at these feature plants and they're the things that capture your eye. But the, what's equally important, if not more so, is, is the stuff that's going on beneath the canopies. Mm. Yeah, you've got, you know, you've got, I can't see it here, but there's Pachysandra terminalis. You need, uh, there's geums going on around the place. There's geraniums everywhere. Uh, geraniums, you? absolutely everywhere. Uh, that's good, good ground cover. Uh, sedums, which we talked about earlier, that's pretty good ground cover, but for more of a sunny area. This is where we are at the minute. We're in a woodland area, and they've got like erums in here, which is aurum rather, which is a, a good, a good ground cover plant, but can be quite invasive. Well, here's the Japanese area. Straight away, you've got these enormous bamboo canes coming out of the of, of the of the, the woodland path uh, which is sets the, the theme immediately and then as you look out over the the very carefully brushed stone white stone you have the traditional Japanese bridge going over a, a stretch of water but but this is what takes your eye isn't it it's this cornice here yeah which look at the way it's been trained it's great, it? so it's in layers the, the Japanese yeah. love this sort of layered appearance of their trees and and i thought immediately of palm you know palmatum dissectum because yeah. of that sort of flat look but this yeah. is a cornice yeah 
Alternifolia. Yeah, Alternifolia Argentia. And this is the real, this is a real stunner, even better than the controversial which we saw earlier, the wedding cake tree. Very similar, but smaller, a lot, a lot more diminutive in its stature, but looks very similar. People get these two confused. If, if I had to buy one or the other, it would be this one. This is the nice one. It's more manageable. The other one becomes fairly big tree, whereas this one can be managed and kept small. And look how they've used the stones um, tied in string to weigh down the yeah. branches so that it, it trains it into that, that, that sort of layered appearance. It's very clever. Yeah, that's, the Japanese are good at that sort of stuff, aren't they? They're really clever with it. I don't, I'm sure it's got some sort of a name that they'll use to, to create that because they, they name everything. Yes, they? they do. Yeah. So it, it's really good. And then you've it's got your clever. boulders going through with your little rocks going through into your water area and the little type of, I'd say it's a gazebo really in the corner, uh, with a little bit of water and, oh, it's great. It's the sun streaming through yeah. the trees, it's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, if you want a place of quiet contemplation, I think this is where you need to be heading. This is it's what does lovely. it. Yeah, there's so many little intricacies in a Japanese garden and so many meanings for everything. Um, so the standing stones that we've got right in front of us, we've got three there. Uh, the layout that, that, that they've been put in mean peace and tranquility. Uh, and obviously the, you know, the, the, the idea with a, a Japanese garden is a lot of the time is you don't actually have water very often in a Japanese garden. We've got water in ours here, um, but the aggregate that we've used um, is generally where you would rake in your wave effects to give you the feeling of water. Because obviously if you're using a Japanese garden for meditation, which is, which is what a lot of people use them for and, and, uh, in Japan and, and over here, uh, water is a distractant, whether it's running or whether it's still, because obviously the sun glints off it and you can hear the running water when you want peace and tranquility. So, you know, it's not always a part of a Japanese garden water. Um, but we've got it here, but you'll notice not quite in flower because it's in a slightly shadier position, whereas a lot of the flowering cherries we have in the garden are, are now coming into full bloom. Uh, the one in here isn't in flower, but you'll notice that it's actually uh, positioned so that it shades the bridge because your bridge should always be in shade uh, because the Japanese use their bridge as, as the point at which they view their garden from and at the end of the day why would you want to view your garden with the sun in your eyes so it, it helps to shade you whilst you're on the bridge so lots of these little intricacies but you're right it is our interpretation we've We've made sure that the plants we use in here are of Japanese origin or their parentages. So we've been true to type like that. But obviously, you know, we, as with all gardens, I think you need to stamp your own mark on it. So you take a concept and then you do what you would like to do with that concept. Not everybody likes turning the garden in, into a series of rooms. But here, he's, you know, because it was for the TV, he's, he's had to sort of cover everybody's lights and, and to... To make sure people could focus on what he was doing, he put he put fences around them. Just going past the bog garden and uh, yep. loads of hostas starting to sprout. Yep. Got a stilbys coming up, got ligularias coming up. And again, some of these beautiful prunus in full oh, bloom. Stunning. Yeah. Looking really, really good. Look at that, little, little feature back there, just sets it off. And again, use of, use of structure. You've, you've yeah. got uh, two triangular well, just pergolas, aren't they? Pergolas, yeah, yeah just one pergolas. Better word. But it just sets it off, and you can see there's wisteria growing up there, and there. Yeah. I think the flowers have gone out there, and wisteria's yeah, not there as much out this the, year. The, yeah. But uh, the leaves will come, and it'll be good, it'll come back again. And then your geranium valley. Loads oh, of loads oh. of geraniums. 
Yeah. Sedum Valley coming up. Yeah. Your favourites. I like Sedums, I do like them. Oxone Anum, there's a good one for you, Rod. The geranium, it's a nice little clumper. Uh, but there are some that are spread and some that yeah. get up to three foot. There's a magne uh, magnolia stellata there, look. There's yeah. not much of that left. No, that's added. That's uh, the frost I've seen for that. Yep. Well, uh, it's our old friend there, Fritillaria. Yeah. And we've got the yellow yeah. Fritillaria. Oh, I've got <laughs> the, going the, I've got up the way, wheelchair access. Come on, back this way. Get myself back in the <laughs> right way. I know my way around now. I've only been here four hours. <laughs> <laughs> so the... Refreshing sound of water. Yeah, just makes all the difference, doesn't it? It's so relaxing water, tied in with greenery. Uh, it sounds lovely, doesn't it? A little lion's yeah. head. I think someone's knocked its nose yeah, off. No, it. I mean, there's it nothing. All right. Nothing dramatic about it. It's no. just a single spout. Yeah. But it's coming from height, so it does yeah. create that that water effect, and then you. Well, you've just got everything. Yeah, there's some peonies there. coming up through there. Lots yeah. of ground cover here. Loads of hostas ready yeah, to come through. Roses. And then the, the other thing that they're very good at here is, is training plants. Yeah. Uh, up walls and, and along hedges. I mean, that, yeah. well, that's a rose, isn't it? That that's, is a rose. That's going to be stunning. That. I mean, that must be 15, 20 foot up the wall yeah. there. Yeah, it's just, they, they know what they're doing here, and that's how you should see a climbing rose doing that. And it's just something to look at in winter. And, I, it, you know, to see a rose, a good trained rose up a wall is a, a work of art in itself. So well worth putting the effort in. And when you look over the top of these beautifully manicured hedges yeah. and, and the blossom on the top of the trees that you yeah. can see over the top, I mean, look, right the way through the, the whole of the gardens, over, well, two, three, 300, 400 metres away, oh, yeah. is nothing but this great panoply of, of pink and white blossom. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Absolutely stunning. Some more roost typhina there. Ace of palmatum again. Mm. That's uh, a named variety. Yeah, I'm, can't say the last bit. The I, first I was going to say, I'm glad you. <laughs> I'm glad you're going to try and attempt it because yeah. I couldn't. That's the snake bark maple there, Rod. That one there. Can you see how the bark looks like snakes? Well, I don't think it does look like snake skin. But you can see the pattern. But you see the idea of where they're coming from. Yeah. And then euphorbia. This is called um, euphorbia robbii. It's a really good ground cover if you look. If you've got every shade, difficult shade, dry shade, that'll do the job. Can be invasive if it really likes it, but it's easy to remove, so you shouldn't fear it. So there you go, Richard. Uh, we've we've done Barnsdale. What what are your thoughts? Uh, inspirational. So much to see and do for, for your amateur gardener, your professional gardener, whichever walk of life you're from, come down here and have a look and see how Jeff Hamilton did it and how his team are still doing it. They're just, you know, it's, <laughs> what can you say? You, you know, you can't paint a better picture than this. And it seems appropriate to finish, really, just yeah. with a glance back at uh, Jeff Hamilton's genes, which yeah. have been preserved. Yeah. All this time, there is his old wellies. It's, it's a cracking belt on there, Rob. Yeah. You, is anyone looking? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they've, put, they've very cleverly put a money box on top yeah, of there, yeah, and then that's raising money yeah. for various charities. But it's great, that's it's... his legacy, and, uh, well, the, his legacy is this wonderful <laughs> garden, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's just fabulous. It's in his spirit, isn't it? It's just really good. So sad he went too early, really. Oh, my goodness, yes. The great thing is that we're all about ideas, so we want people to go away with at least one idea when they come here. And the lovely thing is that they're enjoying it so much that they don't even know they're going away with their head full of ideas, um, which is lovely, because that's the best way to learn. You know, the best way to learn is to be having fun, enjoying it, and then you don't realise you're learning, and that's the good thing. So, you know, the thing I like about 
about this garden and I think that that says a lot for what people should be looking to achieve whether it's just through planting or whether it's it's the way that they actually lay out their garden is to have areas that you can't all see in one go you know you can you can put a, a larger shrub in front and therefore it gives you a reason to go behind it to have a look rather than than having everything you know you stand just come out of your back door and you see everything there or you come out of your front door and everything is visible um it's not always possible i understand that but here we have lots of areas where we're walking around in and around so you're always stumbling across something and every time you see something you're surprised we're walking around today and we've got flowering cherries in flower but i'll be surprised because one is isn't in flower or one's just coming out or one you know so there's always something and i found you know i talk to people about snowdrops and People, people are get very excited by big drifts of snowdrops. I have to say, I get excited by little bits of snowdrop because I like just a little random clump of snowdrops. You walk around, and all of a sudden, it's just there. You know, as you walk around a corner, and you just go, oh, oh, isn't that fantastic? I mean, what a thing to, to lighten the heart and just to bring a smile to your face. And I think, you know, a garden can do that every day of the year. Well, thanks, Richard. Really enjoyed this. Yep. And this is episode... Seven. Seven, isn't it? Yeah, yeah episode seven then. of Loving yeah. Your Garden. And it's about time we met. And this is symbolic because we're out. We're out and we've, we've met up and yeah. we're not doing stuff online. And yeah. what a difference it makes. I'm yeah. so it's pleased great. to have been able to get out. Yeah, now we'll do a bit of our favourite stuff, buy some plants. Yeah, that's it. This, 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 is, this is the shopping bit. <laughs>